Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week, we have Andy and Nick. Uh, Andy is the father. Nick is the son. Uh, Nick is now living in Milwaukee and collaborated in their home studio write and produce tune called Hitching a Ride. Uh, They say it was awesome how organically it all happened. It's been better than they could have expected. Nick says of producing the song with his father. With their music, they hope to encourage other families to make music together. So we're going to hear about Andy's work with Remainders, his podcast, and how his son Nick has been integrated into all of this. It's great to hear about great family bands out there. I know there's a lot of great family bands out there in Wisconsin. I know I was part of one of them and had a great time while that lasted. I'd love to hear more about other Wisconsin music bands out there, family bands out there. So if you're a Wisconsin resident and you have a band or an organization or a business and it's family based love to add that to our to our show so uh, let me know appreciate it so let's get right into the conversation with andy and nick welcome to the wisconsin music podcast this week we have nick and andrew i hope i say this right tempty Oh, awesome. You know you're from Wisconsin when you can say Tempty correctly. (laughs) So we have Nick and Andrew. They are father and son. Nick is the son. Obviously, Andrew is the father of this duo. Um, They're in a band. They do podcasting. And we're going to get into all the other things that they're into. So welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thanks for having us, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Why don't we start with your music origin story? How did you get into music? And kind of like give us a summary path to where you are today. Nick, you want me to start? Yeah, you go first. Yeah, I guess as the father, I, my mind goes back, uh, back a ways. So I, I come from a musical family. My mother is an organist and a singer, and my father is uh, is a vocalist. Uh, fun fact: he was in the uh, he he was he was in the Air Force band and got to play on Soldier Field uh, back in the nineteen fifties. Uh, so uh, so so very musical family, and was thrown right into it at at a very early age, we were, we were myself and my two little, my, my older sister and my younger sister, we were kind of trotted out by our parents as the Von Trapp family, almost (laughs) (laughs) from sound of music. And Hey, Hey, we got the kids and we're at a party and we're going to sing for everybody. So, uh, you know, that, that was the start. And then a big boy choir experience for me, I was a first soprano in, in, uh, in a lacrosse boy choir, which, was a huge, uh, a huge contributor, and then been playing in bands since uh, since I was uh, since I was fifth. Since frankly, since my voice changed, so okay, it's all, all a rock and roll story, Nick. Yeah, so good handoff there, and uh, 
Yeah, I'll take it the next generation, basically. I can say also say that I was in a very musical family, obviously. And uh, my dad's been in bands growing up my whole life. So there was kind of always a, a little practice area in the house where there was instruments. So so naturally, I gravitated towards music. And I've been in bands uh, through high school. I was in like a metal kind of alternative rock kind of band. And then in college, while I studied music, I started a hip hop collaborative. Uh, so kind of bounced all around. And, and while I was studying uh, music at college, I was classical. So I was kind of bouncing all around between genres. And uh, then after that, after I graduated, I uh, I moved to Chicago with my girlfriend uh, and, and uh, she's music theater and I'm music. So we were both like, OK, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, I'm going to hit some open mics and do do all this fun stuff and meet musicians. And then six months later, after we both got nice jobs in Chicago and we're like, OK, let's do this. Let's chase our dreams. Uh, it was COVID. So uh, right. we, we moved there in uh, yeah, fall of 2019 and then, you know, six months of good times in Chicago and then and then boom, COVID. Um, so and I was working at a school of rock, so I was still able to keep it musical and, and actually teaching was super beneficial for me as a musician. Um, just having to recite all this stuff that I learned or forgot in, in college. And then I was like, right. okay, I got to reteach myself. So it just, it just was a, was a huge benefit. And uh, yeah, so COVID made us uh, both kind of rethink things. And in and, and my personal experience was, uh, you know, just wanting a, a bigger space where like right now I'm in, I'm in my studio in, in Milwaukee. Like we have a much bigger apartment now and I have a separate space for my studio. Um, so I've really been just enjoying the production and and just kind of staying home and and just having fun mixing and and I'm learning right now from a guy in Nashville, the guy who mixed Hitch and a Ride actually. So now he can hand that responsibility off to me because we reached out to him. We we're like, hey, that was an amazing mix that you did on Hitchin. Uh, can you teach me everything you know? And uh, he was gracious enough to do that and and to teach me. So now we got the the next single ready to go, and this one's going to be mixed by me. And I've been I've also been doing the cover art and stuff as well. So that's that's been super exciting to just do my almost all this creative stuff and use all these different creative mediums. So who was the mix engineer on that on that song? His name is Steve Mandiel. Steve Mandiel. Okay, and where is he located? In Nashville. In Nashville. Okay, is a connection through a family friend. Who, uh, who owns a record label down there? Oh, so okay. He's like, this is this is the guy you got to go to, and and then you know, uh, having that connection obviously helped get our foot in the door for the education. But he's like, I've never taught, but uh, if you really want to learn from me, let's let's do it. And and I, I got a, a a great friend out of the process. He's he's a really great guy, and we get along quite well. So excellent, excellent. So you guys are doing basically a, a family music project. So why don't you kind of start talking about that a little bit? Yeah, I'll I'll start with that. Um, so I've I've had uh, I've I've been fortunate enough to be in a band called The Remainders for the last seventeen years. Uh, our focus has been uh, classic and modern rock covers, uh, and our 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 motto is fun philanthropic midlife crisis. Uh, uh, a better version of that is rocking out and doing good. You know, we want to give back to the community that's given so much to us. So we've had, you know, a lot of fun playing about once every six weeks around the lacrosse area. Uh, I had a career as a chief executive officer of a global education company. Our bass player uh, was an otolaryngologist. Uh, 
you know, everybody had their day jobs, like most people in bands. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the last, the last few years, uh, COVID has, uh, you know, sparked some renewed energy in, you know, a lot of people think COVID is a really bad thing and, and it is, uh, but, uh, but it also has, you know, sparked some creative energy in all sorts of people, uh, all around the world, really tapping into their multidimensional selves and uh, and I've I've had I've had songs that I wrote uh, riding a bike six months ago that need to be laid down, but the song that's coming out uh, in a couple of weeks I wrote that back in uh, the the winter of 1984, okay. <laughs> and it's now you know see, seeing the light of day and having uh, having Nick uh, there uh, to uh, you know to to run the production really. Cr- drive energy into the creative process you know he and i sit in my the the basement studio and we bounce ideas off each other uh and you know the the band then gets to perform these things live uh it's just the best the best of all worlds from from my perspective excellent and nick what's your take on the on this well it all started really organically over uh christmas break i it's it's been it's been going on so long it just feels like a natural part of life but it's actually pretty new as far as like a perspective of years uh like a year and a half would you say dad i'm I'm terrible at math right now is christmas like at the one of the first christmases of covid we were were at their place during christmas um a couple months before i had just kind of built a little rinky dink studio in the closet under the stairs in at their place now it's moved to a much uh much nicer area in in the back room there um but yeah we were in that little room at the in the underneath the stairs because we were there for an experience uh, extended period of time and we were working on this song idea that my dad had and i was just like yeah i got i got time and you know this this sounds fun and I got the 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 program to be able to do it. I got enough know-how to make it sound okay-ish, and then uh, so it just went it just went from there, and it's been super fun to then take those files of you know MIDI bass, MIDI drums, and all this stuff, and then send it off to the band and be like, hey, we're gonna hook you up with some studio time, and you guys go in and do your version of of this crappy little MIDI audio. And then you know the drummer went in, did his thing, and the the keyboardist was able to send me MIDI, which was the easy part. But everyone else, we got in the studio and uh, had them record their parts. I actually record all the bass parts, so the the bassist Ed is is gracious enough to step aside for the recording and say he he, he keeps saying you know do the father son thing and kind of put your mark on the song in some way. So so I've recently been picking up the bass lately, and it's it's been a, a super fun new instrument and that came out of this this whole process and wanting to write the best bass line for the song and and practice that and then and then being like oh i want to play rush i want to play this other song so it's just been super super fun and organic to be able to just create with my dad and uh yeah it all came out from from under the stairs over christmas break that'd be a cool title for it a little, yeah. a little Harry Potter under the stairs thing. Right, exactly. It was like a five. It was like an eight by six little room. Yeah. So cool. Very cool. So, have you guys kind of like niched down to like what your process is for for recording this, or is it still kind of like learning as you go? Definitely learning as we go. I think we're we're getting a lot better, but that's a part of learning as you go. You know, we're we're understanding each other's workflow kind of in the studio, um, but. We've recently, you know, I'd come up there. I'll come up there a couple times a month, or or uh, once or twice a month, and then uh, 
we'll we'll put like eight hour days like just in the studio together you know working all right let's work this part let's work this part let's do, do these instruments and uh so that's been super fun for me because i had the experience with my high school band uh going to a nice studio in, in wisconsin shout out to 608 studios a good friend of mine derek moffett uh but he uh i i was basically like watching over his shoulder the whole time wanting to figure out how what he was doing and he used cubase and that's actually one of the main reasons why i use cubase um so that's uh just a fun little backstory on uh on that yeah we we've got uh i i feel like we're really starting to get into a rhythm we've got our uh we've we got some of the tracks laid down for song number three i've got song number four uh uh oh we actually laid down this track the scratch track for song number four so we got the we're working on the final tracks for three song number two is almost out the door so we've we've got a little engine going i i'm i i think you know a song every uh, working up to uh to an ep by the summer is the goal cool my next question, I guess, is once this comes out, what is your goal with this recording? Well, we want we want to become uh, superstars, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, you know, one of the main goals, and if your listeners get one thing out of this uh, session, it would be the message that you're never too old to contribute. You're never too, you, you, you can always add to the conversation. I'm 58 years old and I've experienced my first retirement from a company that I loved and worked with, for and with for, uh, for 22 years plus 10 years before that. Uh, but now there's this renaissance period uh, in, in, in my life. And there are I believe very strongly that there are a lot of folks that are my age uh, and older, maybe a little bit younger, that are kind of running up against the same thing, saying, okay, how can I spend an entire career as an accountant, let's say, uh, and I don't want to do that anymore. What what can I what can I do? How can I contribute? And one of the big messages I have is cultivate the multidimensionality of you as a person and don't be all about one thing because someday that one thing is not going to be there for you uh, anymore and you you know you want you want something to to come after that and i want to show people that you can be my age and you can you can you can do you can do awesome work you can reach new audiences you can find your voice uh, and so if that's just a little slice of, of inspiration for, uh, for folks, that's, that, that's where I would like this to go. If we can help spark those engines in more people and uh, make a little money uh, doing it and uh, get a little notoriety because, our, because people think our music is great, then, you know, that, that, that'd be a great knock-on effect. And Nick, how, how do you see that? I um I I mean he he's got a great philosophy behind it and that's awesome. I uh I'm I'm more on the end of I'm just here to to help him, you know, create that um that sound the, the, like a radio ready sound and and you know like I'm just having a great time writing with with my dad and and you know I'm just I'm just putting that out into the world. I I used to think a lot about um what what are you know when I put out an EP or something like that I'd be like what 
what are people going to think about this Sub subconsciously, of course, but, you know, I think every artist goes through that a little bit, but yeah. I'm, I'm at the place now where I'm just like, I'm just going to make stuff that's fun for me to play and fun for me to listen to. And then if, if people want to hop on and, and enjoy that, then I'm all for it. And obviously, you know, that's the goal, but you know, I'm just putting it out there and having fun. So you said this is going to be a five song EP. Did I hear that right? Uh, at, at least, at least. Uh, five, 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 possibly six. We, we, we might stop at five just to get the EP under our belt and then move forward from there. But is do you have like a, a promotional plan for it? Like how you're going to start? Are you like some people like release one song every week or every couple weeks and just kind of push it? So by the time they get to the last song that's on the EP, then they go full. It's completely now available. And what, what's kind of your plan or if you have one? Yeah, that, that's how that's how we're going to treat this. Uh, so we'll have uh, we'll, we'll get uh, the next song is called Thinking of You, and that one will drop in in a, in a few weeks time. And then the song after that will drop. And then all of a sudden, ta da, here's a here's a here's an EP. Uh, we have a, we have a wonderful uh, PR agent and marketing firm uh, that is also helping us on the business side of things. You know, we're kind of doing two birds, one stone here. So that's, uh, that's how we're going to progress. Is that with Olivia? Yeah. Olivia and Valerie, uh, who, uh, who had, who had reached out VSK out, out of Connecticut. Uh, they're on the, uh, they're on the PR side and then, uh, a little firm out of, uh, St. Louis called Colby, Colby Co, uh, who, uh, is, that's our marketing firm. And I used to, one of one of the uh, key guys there uh, used to work with me at uh, at Kaplan, so we're, we're trying to keep at least part of the band together. <laughs> okay, what do you see as some positives in your in the attitude of the local scene? The music scene in Lacrosse is much more vibrant than a lot of people think. You know, a lot of folks think, "Oh, it's Lacrosse. It's so you know, little little town. What what really interesting can be can be happening there." Uh, but uh, we we just we just played a show this past weekend uh, at a little at a festival called Winter Roots Fest at the Lacrosse Center. We uh, we had the Trippin' Billies from uh, Chicago that uh, that played right after us. Uh, you know we 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 did an we did an hour set. We had you know seven hundred people in the ballroom. We were raising money for the Hunger Task Force. Uh, we, we, there, there was a maker's uh, exchange with, with all sorts of crafts and uh, the brewery, one of the distilleries in La Crosse uh, created a new beer just for this event. Oh, wow. uh, so, you know, there's a really vibrant uh, music, music scene in La Crosse, some, some really, really cool original music. Uh, uh, the band that was right before us is called Tug and that's a guy named Andy Hughes on the more of the reggae side of you you wouldn't put reggae and lacrosse together <laughs> normally, but you know Tug has got a huge following. They travel all over the place. Uh, Greg Hall and the Wrecking Ball uh, does does a lot of really awesome country stuff. Uh, Reed Grimm, former American Idol, uh, he now lives up in Minneapolis. Uh, he, he he and his band they were the openers. So. You know that just happened last Saturday night uh, in 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 Lacrosse, and and that's you know a fairly fairly routine occurrence. So you get some really really good music coming out of Lacrosse. Yeah, and Minneapolis isn't too far from Lacrosse. It's only like an hour and a half or two, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's realistically two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. So you got okay. you know you got Madison where uh, you're you're in Madison, right? 
Me, I'm in North Racine, which is just south of Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, Madison's just two hours away. Milwaukee's three. Minneapolis is two and a half. You know, so, so lacrosse is very centrally located. Is there anything in the local scene that you see as a struggle that might need some help to get elevated? Yeah, I think it's that reputation of uh, lacrosse being this, you know, small town and what what can what really cool can come out of can come out of a small town uh, that uh, that attitude can uh, can stand in our way. And also uh, the and, and, you know, God bless my fellow citizens of lacrosse, Wisconsin, but they they there's a cultural norm that there's there's this feeling that we don't want to spend a lot of money for music, that music should, should somehow be, uh, be free <laughs> or, you know, we, and so I, I would just, I send a gentle, uh, 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 caring message to my fellow citizens to get out and support live music and pay some money because I'm, you know, I was around in the, in, in the 1980s, playing in playing in bars all around Wisconsin and Minnesota and Upper Peninsula, Michigan, and bands were being paid just as much in the mid 1980s as they're getting paid today. So stop complaining about a ten dollar ticket to see four bands. Right, right. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I know that sometimes the mindset is that a lot of Wisconsin just wants to see cover bands, but I think that's changing a lot now. Yeah. I, you know, I, and that's one of the reasons why I want to uh, be a writing and performing an original music there 15 years ago, we were almost afraid to do it because we were frankly afraid of the crickets and you know what I'm talking about. You get yep. done playing your original song after you just got done with this Brian Adams song. And it's like, sure. Chirp, right. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the other thing that I would, you know, rec- recommend to my fellow citizens is, uh, look, if, if somebody wrote some original music, they put some real thought and some real energy and, you know, they put themselves out there at least put your hands together and, 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 you know, give, give some level of love back. Uh, and almost, even if you don't like, you know, even if it didn't quite exactly connect with you it's going to connect with somebody and you know give give that uh, give that artist some support and, and some love exactly now when this podcast comes out you, your ep will be already i believe will already have some songs being put out so if you want i can put some of those songs into the podcast when they're ready and then i can do post-production if you want to yeah, Nick, what do you think? Either Hitchin or, uh, you know, thinking of you, maybe thinking of you, because, you know, Hitchin's been out for a couple of months and, um, you know, might might be good to feature. It, it'll be totally up to you, Nick. Yeah, I could, I could see it being cool, to, uh, depending on when this would release, of course, to have Thinking of You, the new song on there, at least for a little snip. Do you, do you play a snippet of it, like a clip or the whole thing? I can. I usually play the whole thing. Mm, okay. Um, and I'm usually like six to eight weeks out from the recording to where it goes live. So a couple months. Oh, well then, yeah, we'll definitely want to do, uh, thinking yeah. of you. Thinking, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, so I I'll, usually, I'll send you that file and. Okay. And, yeah. And if you want to do another one, I usually have like two or three, depending on what the artist wants to do. So it's up to you guys. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, might as well throw Hitchin on there at some point as well. So okay. we'll send you both the songs and, and see where you want to put them in the, in the order. Okay. Uh, do you have like 
a story behind each song or do you just want me to play it? <laughs> well, maybe we should set up thinking of you, right? Cause that's your, that's your 35 year old love song. Yeah. Yeah. Written in December of 1984, uh, first performed around a campfire in the spring of 1985, very uncomfortably in front of my future in-laws uh, <laughs> and, uh, and swimming around, swimming around in the back of my head for, for, uh, uh, for 37 years. Uh, Hitch and a Ride has an awesome story that goes along with it too. Um, I, riding my bicycle uh, through the hills of, uh, of uh, Western Wisconsin and a gigantic bug lands on my leg and uh, bug I'd never kind of bug I'd never seen before. And it, and he wasn't hurting me. And I just thought, Oh, little buddy, you're hitching a ride. <laughs> and all of a sudden this tune comes into my head, the whole thing. Oh wow! The, the entire song, and I and I rode my bike, and I'm 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 that idiot going down the road with my with my phone on the voice recorder, with one hand on my wheel, <laughs> <laughs> screaming into my phone, trying to trying to get this thing out, uh, and then ran into the house and wrote stuff down, and yeah, Excellent. but even that took two years to get out. And that bike audio will be on the special edition.
Speaking of the podcast, um, so Nick, you're doing the mixing and stuff for Andy's podcast. You, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I just uh, I just started doing it in the last few episodes here. Uh, just kind of made a a template on my on my DAW for for just voice stuff, and I actually wrote the uh, the song that plays right before the the intro and the outro song, uh, which is just a fun little rock you know loop that's just very easy listening, but also a little bit, you know, straight to business and fits with the, with the idea of the podcast, the whole, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll let obviously the, the podcast host talk about what, what happens in the podcast, but yeah, it's, it's just been super fun to just work with voices. And I'm, I'm even working with this program that totally isolates the voice and takes out background noise and all that fun stuff. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. Um, but, but yeah, it's just been, it's been a super fun experience, super new. And, um, you know, you'd think after listening to 30 minutes of just, uh, just dialogue audio, you get bored, but I'm still in there. I just, I'm so nerdy about this kind of stuff about mm-hmm. audio. I'm still in there. Like, no, I got to cut out that, that little awkward breath or whatever, you know, I, I just, I just love this kind of stuff and making it just right. So it's cool. It's a good fit. Very cool. So yeah, Andy, why don't you kind of tell the listeners about the podcast you're doing? Yeah. So in, uh, Starting in 2017, I started writing uh, stories uh, for uh, really pointed at the employees of uh, of Kaplan Professional, the company that I used to run, uh, to to let them know how I was thinking and feeling about certain uh, business topics, uh, and especially centered around emotional intelligence and human skills. Uh, so I I ended up taking all those stories and putting them into a book uh, that's available on Amazon and bookstores near you called Balancing Act. And Balancing Act is all about the various balancing acts that we play as humans, as family members, as business leaders. And I've taken a, a number of stories from my from my past. I get sometimes very personal uh, in, in this book. Uh, and and after uh, the book released, uh, or as as I, as I was writing the book, it, it became obvious that having a podcast to go along with it, to bring in guests, to explore uh, these various balancing acts uh, much more deeply, uh, that uh, that having a podcast would would be uh, would be a really good way to augment the book. So we. We talk of I've got nine episodes where we talk about uh, the balance between your ego and uh, and and things like resilience and vulnerability, and then I've got a couple of episodes on uh, the concept of courage in the workplace, uh, and the latest uh, set of episodes really center around 
trust and building trust-based work environments that also have a high degree of accountability because, you know, having a work environment where everybody trusts each other and everything is hunky-dory, but nobody actually gets anything done, <laughs> you know, that, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so how do you, how do you balance how, if, if you plot trust against accountability, how can we move your organizational culture into that upper right-hand box of high trust and high accountability. And so we're doing a lot of work exploring, uh, exploring those concepts. And we're just going to keep, uh, keep going on here, uh, bring in former colleagues of mine, folks that I've met in my uh, 2 million miles of travel around this great, uh, this great pale blue dot that we all live on and, uh, and, you know, create some interesting content and uh, get some interesting stories out there. Excellent. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. So when this airs, people can go there if they want to go and check it out. Super. What's the name of the of the podcast again? It's called The Balancing Act Podcast. Balancing Act Podcast. And obviously, whoever podcasts are, they can find it. The music part, um, we talked about your the EP you're working on. And once the EP is done, what do you see do you see future things going on? I would think you think of future albums in the future and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the remainders uh, as, as a band is not disbanding anytime soon. Uh, I would, you know, love to have a second EP. Uh, you know, I've got lots of ideas uh, for songs in my head and having, uh, you know, having the creative energy of uh, the next generation uh, working with me, the, the, the options are endless. And who is besides you and Nick, who else is in the group? So Nick is not formally a member because he lives all the way over in Milwaukee, but he, he steps up on stage and plays bass and he's kind of one of our creative muses. Uh, but on the bass is, uh, is Dr. Edwin Overholt. Uh, one of my, one of my great, one of my best friends, all these guys are brothers to me. Uh, Josh Shively is on the drums. Steve Duff is on the keyboards. Greg Balfany is on the sax and the, incomparable Johnny Nielsen is uh, is on the electric guitar and I'm the lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist. Are you the only one that sings or do you guys have harmonies in there as well? Yeah, one that that that's one of the things that makes us a little different is we've got four singers. Uh you know, every uh, with the with the exception of the sax player who's using his breath for uh, you know for another purpose, everybody right. sings. Everybody can contribute vocally. So you know we do carry on Wayward Son, uh, and you know that by Kansas, and that takes a lot uh, from a vocal perspective to get done. So we're really proud of that. And as, as a third party, I will just say when that intro hits, when the remainders sing it, it's th these guys can sing. It's not like you know just just this guy can sing and then the other guys are, you know, somewhat, it's like, boom, there's a bunch of audio in your face and you're getting the harmonies. I totally know where you're coming from, Nick. And it's very cool that you get to do that with your dad. Yeah. It's super fun to hop on stage. I love, I love playing it. I've, I've never played an instrument on stage before I played with the remainders. I've, I've, you know, played a little keys part here and there at like a hip hop show. Uh, but it's nothing like getting up with a really organized group and doing rehearsals and, you know, making sure you got your part down and 
and just, uh, you know, just being super comfortable with your part enough so you can let loose and have fun with your dad on stage and enjoy that part of it. So you're not stressing out, but yeah, I, I also, sometimes I'll, you know, think of a rendition of a, of a pop song or something that we should do. Like we've done the, a rendition of creep, uh, with, with the band. I was like, Hey, let's add a little modern element to it, a little breakdown and this or that. And, uh, by the time this comes out, we'll probably have performed or we'll be coming up. I am working on a blinding lights, rock and roll cover, uh, that I'm going to send off to the remainders and just like the songs, you know, be like, you know, make that, make this your own. Um, so it's, it's just been super fun to be able to get up and play bass, but also, you know, take a moment and be like, all right, spotlight's mine. I'm going to grab that microphone and I'm going to sing some licks and, and do some cool stuff. So it's, it's just been super fun. Now, Nick, when you were growing up, was your dad a tyrant about practicing or were you more, it was your thing and you, nothing was going to stop you from getting better? Yeah, it was almost, it's almost like a mind trick that he pulled. I'm not sure if he did it on purpose, but he was just so like, not, you know, pressuring us to do music or just like not being like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta pick an instrument and get down to it and, and figure it out. It was just like, there's a drum set in the basement. There's a bass guitar down there, you know, go have fun with your brother and, just figure it out. If you have any questions, I'm here, but you know, he, he, he gave me a couple pointers here and there with mostly technique stuff. And, and from there, I, you know, just really wanted to figure it out. So took, took a lifetime, but, uh, or half a lifetime, but right. <laughs> and I'm still learning, of course, don't get me wrong. Right. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it was, it was not very like structured. It was just like, and, and I think that that was, um, you know, it works for a lot of people to be, trained from a young age, like super great pianists and all that stuff. And people have perfect pitch, but, but for my musical journey, it was just right to, to have that freedom of, of like, no, this is like, I'm super passionate about this. Like when I was in my uh, getting close to the end of the band in high school, I was trying to argue with the guys like, let's not go to college. Let's do this. Let's do this band (laughs) thing. So I'm really glad that we all went to college and and went that route. Cool. But, but it would have been, it would have been cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And Andy, um, was that premeditated or was it just as just the way you are? It was, it was premeditated. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I come from a very, you know, my family, my nuclear family was, uh, very, very musical growing up and, um, God love, you know, I love my mother dearly, but there was this, you are going to learn how to play the piano. And I am going to drag you to piano lessons every week. And I resisted it kicking and screaming. And I didn't want to do that to either of our, uh, of, of, of our boys. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't fault my parents for that. I, I learned a lot from it. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, that hands-off approach is a little different. So when the, when, when the remainder started and we were practicing in the, in the basement of the house, uh, you know, Hey, here's every instrument uh, there is uh, from a rock and roll perspective. Uh, knock, you know, there's a keyboard in the living room. Knock yourself out. Excellent, cool. I I kind of grew up the same way. My dad was a uh, or is still he's a professional drummer, and he toured for a little bit. And then we created a band ourselves in the early 2000s, and we got to tour and make original music. So I know exactly where you're coming from, and it. It's a very cool thing, the the family band and and being able to do it together decades later. Oh, I'm glad. I'm really glad you got to uh, have that experience. Uh, you know, I I I was on uh, I, I performed on stage uh, on on the theatrical stage with with my parents 
Um, and now yeah, I've been able to be on stage with both of our sons, uh, which you know, it's just, there's nothing like it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. As we're wrapping this up, before I finish, was there anything that I haven't covered yet that you wanted to cover? Uh, just let uh, let your listeners know that they can uh, find uh, find me on andrewtempty.com. That uh, that would uh, that would be cool. And the remainders are on Facebook uh, forward slash the remainders. Uh, and uh, we we'd love we'd love for them to like and subscribe and to follow follow our journey. Okay. So I have like three three or four questions left for you guys, and the first one is work life balance. Now. How do you guys stay in control of that? Well, work-life balance for me is a lot easier because now my time is my, my time is my own. Meaning, I'm back to being a sole, you know, a, a, an entrepreneur. My business partner is uh, is my son Nicholas, uh, so we get to call you know call the shots on what we want to do and when and when we want to do it. Uh, so, work-life balance is uh, is is a lot easier now. Uh, that I don't, you know, have a full-time job that uh, and and three thousand people that I'm uh, that I'm responsible for around around the world, uh, so that it it is it has got it has gotten a lot better. Uh, Nick, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I took a lot of learning. I think um, especially with just being able to work from home and just having so much freedom. Then you got to create some structure. You got to be like, okay, I'm going to sit down at this time and and work for this many hours and so on. But also giving yourself time to go on a nice long walk or grab a grab a coffee from the nice coffee shop down the street. So, um, you know, just finding that balance and then and then being able to be done when my partner's done and and go have a nice dinner and and socialize in that way and and make sure that even though I'm working from home, that I'm socializing with people other than just me and, and my girlfriend and, and uh, you know, staying in touch with family and all that. So when you're, when you're so isolated uh, working from home, it, it can be tough to remember like, Oh, there's, there's people who would like, <laughs> like a phone call from me. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so it, it, cause sometimes you're just like, Oh, who wants to, who would want to have a chat? But it's like, no, there's someone, there's definitely someone who on the other line who, would be excited to get a call from you. So excellent, cool. A performance that made a big impression on you as either the performer or as an audience member, or you can talk about us both situations. Well, I'll, I'll go first. So we, uh, for ten years, uh, we were part of a festival in lacrosse called Freedom Fest. Uh, every year, uh, we we were raising money uh, for uh, for veterans' causes. Uh, so it was a really, really awesome set of causes that we were helping to support. But uh, the 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 benefactor of this fest would bring in Chicago or sticks or heart or <laughs> uh, Huey Lewis, and we got to open. We we were the opening act uh, for these uh, for these bands. So you know, being the, the rocking out and doing good thing has, uh, has, has certainly paid off uh, some paid some personal dividends back in terms of being able to share the, share the stage. Uh, and then, and then every rush concert I've ever been to has been an out of body experience. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> same, same. I've been to most of those with you and I feel the same. 
I know, Nick, you haven't done a lot of performances, but do you have a gig that, you know, either as a um, as a member of the audience or even the small time you've been on stage, it's just made a big impact on you? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I've done a, I've done a lot of really small shows around lacrosse all over the all over the bar scene and stuff like that. And that's that's been super um, valuable, I think, even though it was a smaller crowd, it's honestly really awkward in those small rooms. And so learning to break that ice, even when you can like make eye contact with the seven people in the room. Um, so just putting a broad blanket over all those little shows that I've done where it's like, uh, so then when I get on a bigger stage, it's like, boom, I can just let loose and like have fun and just kind of throw my arms around and not, not have that, that thing in your mind that even when you practice it, it's still there. Um, but it just, it, that having all that experience of playing around bars around lacrosse and, and other areas in Wisconsin where, you know, some half of the people there might not be interested in the, the hip hop alternative hip hop that you came there to play, for example, where you're like, you know what, I'm going to give you my y'all anyway. So that I think made me a really well-rounded performer for, for all kinds of different aspects when you can put yourself in those awkward situations. But to answer your question, uh, one thing that came to mind was my, my band in high school got to do warp tour um, in the, at the Milwaukee stop. We won the battle of the bands on the internet. That was 2011. So it was a long time ago, but what really stuck with me for that, other than the, obviously the whole experience of winning the Battle of Bands and being so excited with your best friends and then going to travel and, you know, you're under 18, so that's super exciting and all that. But the biggest thing was being on stage and starting with a super small crowd of like, these are the 10 people that knew we were going to be at Warp Tour and that we tweeted out to or whatever was the social media at the time. But then seeing, as we were performing, seeing more people flock and create a, a pretty respectable sized crowd for a for a local group at Warp Tour. It, it's it's one of those things that I look back on when I'm feeling nervous for a performance or or when I'm like feeling like oh these people don't want to don't want or I'm going to do bad or they're not going to like my voice or they're not going to like this or that. I try to just remember that that moment where all these strangers were just kind of flocking to our to our group and and just kind of gives me a little boost of confidence before I get on stage. Yep. I hear that too. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's great to grab from experience just to help you get through that initial start. And the last thing I have here is what's on your playlist right now? What artists are you listening to that's inspiring you? Well, I think Rush is always inspiring us. Like for the baselines, I'm always thinking, what would Getty Lee do? And that's, that was something that he passed on to me is, is being a fan of Rush. I, they've been my favorite band since I was, since I was young. And I know they're at least one of your favorite bands, dad. Um, but to, uh, I, I'll take, I'll take this first while, while you think of your answer, dad. I, um, I mean, recently the weekend dropped that Dawn FM tape and that's, that's actually been really cool to, to hear him get so experimental and cause I've always been a fan of the weekend, you know, since, since 2012, when he had that, that mixtape, that moodiness. And, you know, I've, I've always kind of latched onto that, but, uh, but that, that, uh, that Dawn FM, that's, that's pretty cool how it's like a radio station kind of thing. And it's like, uh, there's, there's a, there's an overarching theme that I won't spoil for anybody who wants to go check it out, but it's just, you can tell there's like a lot of minds going into that kind of project that checked off on it or added their input. And so seeing projects like that, where so many people and, and like the best producers, the best engineers hopped on it, that's the kind of stuff that I think inspires me the most these days. And Andrew, what about you? 
Yeah, Zach, I, I, I try to not get stuck in the past, uh, you know, per, per our previous uh, message, uh, especially for, for the more experienced of us um, that have been around for a while. Some of us get stuck in our musical tastes, and I have gotten stuck uh, previously. I, I, I get really inspired by uh, Dave Grohl and, you know, his ability to uh, to collaborate with many, many other people, uh, to take songs that they, you know, that they've written 10, 15, 20 years ago and kind of breathe new life into them. Uh, um, I, you know, at the, 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 the 2020, uh, uh, Biden inauguration and, uh, the, uh, and also on Saturday night live, um, you know, they, 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 uh, they, they took one of their songs and, you know, kind of totally re redid it. And, uh, and we're, we're actually playing, playing that tune now. I'm, I'm, I'm blank. Why am I blanking on it? But, uh, um, but uh, yeah, it, I would say, I would say Dave Grohl, I, I, I give a lot of props to uh, we miss Tom Petty. Uh, you know, that's, a, that's a guy that, I think had a lot of creative energy left to go, uh, yeah. that left us, uh, left us far too soon. So. Yeah. I hear you on that. Thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin music podcast. It has been a pleasure. Nice to meet you, Zach. Nice to meet you both. Thanks for having us, Zach. Thinking of you, it always makes me feel so brand new. And when you take me into your arms and hold me tight, you don't know what you do. You can take me around the world and back in a single rendezvous. And when I'm out on the road and I'm feeling so cold, you know that I'm missing you. The way that I feel about you With words that can't be described But I want you to know that I love you so And to you I will never let go
listening to another episode of the wisconsin music podcast we'll be back again next week if you're interested in being a guest on the wisconsin music podcast head over to wisconsinmusicpodcast.com fill out the guest request form and then in your spam or junk email sometimes the follow-up email shows up just requesting your bio and your social media links and then i'll send out a link to our scheduling calendar and we can get you on the show have a great Week, everybody.